You're listening to Two Guys Talking Wine with Michael Pincus and Andre Prue. Hello, Michael. Andre. You know what? Gotta retire that jacket. It's too bright. Okay. You know, the things that you make fun of on, me, on this podcast is like, see, you, you've no, talked no, about I'm my not, hair, I'm, you've talked about my jacket. I think you're secretly in you, love with me. You are you are an Oompa Loompa with that hair, Lou. I'm just saying. But um, the jacket is... is Actually, you know what? I think that you've worn it so much that it is losing its brightness factor. I love this jacket. I know you do. And Everyone could go to at Andre Wine Review to see what jacket we're talking about, but it's a, a floral Adidas track jacket that I've worn almost every day that I cycle back and forth with an Olympic Lyonnais jacket. Um, Michael, what are we doing today? So um, we have been attempting to uh, do this podcast <laughs> For a long time, or actually, no, well, it wasn't even supposed to be a no, podcast. We were trying to get in t- uh, uh, together with this gentleman, yes, for a long period of time because yes, we have a special on, guest on our on our Patreon. Uh, we have a uh, special perk uh, for those who uh, donate to this cause, um, and if you do it for a six month period. I think it was a tasting with us. Was that correct? Was that it was? This? But we did. To, to be frank, we did kind of a crappy job highlighting what the parameters of what it was we were Correct. offering was so but it's also like to be to be honest like we don't have a lot of people who donate to the podcast we and, literally and that, make enough money off the podcast to keep it going to cover our overhead and buy the odd piece of equipment once in a while so this this gentleman let's let's not not bury the lead too much at the moment um was nice enough to give us the top tier of our of our patreon and was supposed to get a tasting with us and then COVID hit. Well, and, and COVID hit. We, and couldn't, we couldn't, and things were locked down, and we couldn't get together, and then we couldn't visit wineries, and then blah, blah, blah. So we said, all right, well, we'll, we'll do like a dinner with them, and then we'll do this, and we'll do that. And 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 everything just got pushed and pushed. So, Ken Little, we're really sorry uh, that it's taken us this long to uh, finally come up with something that is uh, that is interesting, and I, we hope you find oh, yeah, I this need to interesting. Upgrade, I need to update the Patreon.com. And then the other full disclosure is, because before we get into what we're going to do with the wine, is um, I, I know Ken, like we're not super close, but Ken and I have chatted many times. He's been a great supporter of the ADX Wine Company, great supporter of the podcast, but you're also just a great supporter of Ontario wine in general. So, yeah, I so I think we should start with, you know, who the heck are you? Yeah, well, obviously, we're three elusive gentlemen who have just not been able to find time. <laughs> elusive is correct. <laughs> uh, so uh, I'm Gin Little. I have been really intrigued by the Ontario wine scene and actually didn't get into wine until I moved to Toronto. So I moved here a little over a decade ago. From where? Uh, from the States, from, oh. from Illinois. Really? Yeah. Like the Chicago area or is it like some of smaller? No, the things? actual downstate. The okay, rest of Illinois right. that doesn't matter to anyone that okay. lives in Chicago. So you have no mob uh, mob affiliates, so that's okay. That we know of. That we know None of. None to be disclosed here. Okay. Okay, right. so the, I guess the next question. Maybe that's question. why he moved. Yeah. So, so Okay, so you said you moved to Toronto, right? Yeah, that's right. So it's something that I think we've we've talked about quite a bit on the on the podcast is just how Toronto is a bit of a black hole for Ontario wine. How, how did you get into Ontario wine? Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, it was just out of like an actual peaked interest to want to go visit vineyards throughout. What was the first vineyard you visited? I think it was... So I, you were talking about 
folks maybe going for a bit of a booze cruise around for free tastings. Yeah. I think I ended up establishing something that was a respectable, happy medium of actually going and hitting anywhere from seven to ten wineries a day over about a day and a half day period. I would DD for a group of about five to seven friends. And so we would go in and just kind of hit everything from Vineland was a regular staple. So I got to know the crew out there for a while, cassava, but a lot of stuff around the bench. Uh, And then at that time, uh, you know, there was kind of the other things that would pull me to Niagara on the lake would be like Laley and like back in that time frame. So I had a lot of regular haunts. We'd go and do actual like barrel room tastings and uh, people would be super kind. You've just reached out in advance. And that's what I loved. It was just such a warm, welcoming community. And I was able to kind of learn on my feet as I took people around and and they would, they would spend, right? So they buy, like and make it worthwhile for the tastings. Wait, wait, well, there'd be, there'd be, there's no judgment. Like I said, there's no judgment here. Like I know I'm being a little bit more critical just like with what's happened during the, the pandemic, but like, I think that's something that was the allure of Niagara was going down and doing the doing the booze cruise. But I do think the pandemic has definitely caused a bit of a reset in the culture, which has been think, for I, the better. And I think it is. I think it is much for the better. But um, so my my question is: Were you interested in wine before you got here? Like, was when you were in in Illinois? Were you? You know, look, checking out the vineyards in. I was I was adjacent to Kentucky wine, Michael. Oh, what do you think? Oh, oh man! I yeah. so my wife and I we went to uh, Louisville for our our honeymoon. Our first we, we did two honeymoons. Our first honeymoon we ate at Six Ten Magnolia, which is a fantastic restaurant uh, owned by Edward Lee, and they had a they I don't know if she still works there, but an amazing sommelier with an amazing taste in cool climate wine. They had Washington wines and um, Oregon wines on the list, not just the And how does this bring the California to Kentucky wine? We asked her about local wines. Thank you for bringing my story back, Michael. And she said that the wines in Kentucky should only be used for making vermouth. Hmm. Yes, and we actually did try one Kentucky wine on this podcast. And now we're bringing this full circle. Yeah. Because we tasted that Kentucky wine when we did a stump the chump, and guess what we're going to do with you, Ken? Not taste Kentucky wine, Not but taste Kentucky <laughs> wine. But we are going to do a stump the chump, and it's a very special uh, stump the chump. And I'll <laughs> tell, you, doing the tell you why because it's this? it's extra chumpy. Well, it, it it could be extra chumpy, and I will tell you why. Because uh, we we did have uh, Peter Gamble on the podcast at one point, and we did ask him to be part of uh, the uh, Stump the Chump. Uh, Peter declined, mm-hmm. but I already had uh, the wines uh, wrapped. And um, so you are getting the wines that I specifically set up for Peter Gamble. Okay. So, um, and I and it was it was done. I don't I'm know, sure least, when Peter listens to this tape, he's going to be very disappointed oh, that I'm he missed sure out on this. Very, and now, so I don't remember one when I wrapped them. Um, Yes, we'd Michael. Like to look back, but two, I literally this time have no idea what's under these wrappers. That's what we call having a senior moment. Because I wrapped these at least at least six months ago. So lovingly aged under tin foil for um, six yes. months. So they've been in the dark for sure. Uh, they've also been in the car, so they're a little chilled. So that's probably going to help them. Let's. So shall we? Shall we start, Ken? Are you ready? Let's jump in. So do you know the parameters? Uh, you, you listen to the podcast. So I, yeah, you're a religious I, listener. I think I've got an idea. So you know how this works. All right. So uh, Andre has graciously given me an us. So well, here. I guess okay. While Michael's opening this, um, I guess we can talk a little bit more about your. Okay, so you said Laylee Violin. Did you have a favorite at the beginning? Oh, uh, it was Laylee because I Pinot Noir is what got me sucked into like 
the things uniquely out of Ontario I was surprised to find. Were you opening a Pinot Noir, Michael? No idea what I'm opening. I'm okay. Honest. Uh, I honestly have no idea what's in it. It was the tonight. lot 48 that he used to make, right? He had a few you could get in, and he there was uh, anywhere from like two to three Pinots they would go out per year. But I think those were some of the oldest Pinot vines, was my understanding at the time. Yeah, I mean, since then, you know. Which one? Uh, okay, so apparently those vineyards are actually still under vine, and the. Um, Lely is back under Canadian ownership, and Correct. I'm not sure I'm not what the future who, holds for them. Right I don't now. even know who owns them these days, but I know it's yes, it is Canadian ownership. Not that the last one wasn't Canadian ownership; he was he was Canadian. Okay, technically Canadian, but he's in a Chinese prison. Correct for defrauding the Chinese government of so, like millions, millions and millions, millions of dollars. You can fact check that, but those vines—they're still there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's a thing too. Like, you can bring fallow, or no, I shouldn't say fallow. You can bring neglected vineyards back to life. That's a lot of that's happening in Chile right now with indigenous grape varieties. All right, this so doesn't smell terrible. It's mm. not. It doesn't smell terrible. Uh, you can see right through the sucker. I can tell you that. Um, it's not something. Uh... Oh, oh. Hmm. Oh, oh, God! I think it's almost corked. The nose might have no. been a bit more inviting than the... The nose is much more inviting than the palate. That palate is terrible. I actually didn't mind it. Like, acids are sharp, but there's still some red fruit to it. It's not completely dead. Ken, you're the tie break on this one. Have you tasted it? Oh, I've tasted it. Okay. Yeah, somewhere around the mid-palate, it really ripens to quite raunchy. But there's this wine is, is very well made. Like, there's no fault in this wine. There's no fault. It, it's, it's just... I'm not, I'm still... I'm not sure. I think it might be very slightly corked. I, no, I don't think it's slightly corked. I think it's just so maybe just oxidized old, on the oxidized on the mid palate. Yeah. Okay, we'll go with that. Uh, I get very little fruit characteristic out of it. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it's old. Uh, it's old. It's oxidized. Okay, it's, so then this is the, the the full disclosure. I'm drinking significantly less while Anya is pregnant. Mm -hmm. So like this is I think the first the first like real glass of red wine I've had well, in gonna, a little you're, while. You're gonna absolutely love the tasting next week. <laughs> yeah. For the Toronto Life. Uh, That's right. We got the Toronto yeah. Life thing coming up next. That's oh, yeah. We're sitting in my dining room with must be about seventy bottles so far. I feel like that's going into a marathon with just walking around the block each day. It's, Are you gonna be ready for that? Okay, so it's it's our like what fourth time doing this at home? At least fourth. At least. Alright, um I'm just out of color. Uh since you know, since it's I very I usually know what these things are or have a good idea. Since I don't, I will start this one off. Uh, based on color alone, I'm gonna go Pinot. Um, oh, I'm getting way too much fruit for like this. This doesn't have a Pinot feel to it. That's going Franky. Yeah, I'm right. I'm saying Franc or Meritage or Cab Merlot. Mm. I think it's a Cab. I think it's a Cab mm. Merlot. I don't think it's full Franc. I yeah. I I'm gonna go Ontario and I'm gonna go 2002. That's what I'm doing. I'll go. Well, I think it's Peter Gamble. Okay, I guess they could be South America. If you have Versado in your cellar, they could be Nova Scotia. I don't think we have any bubbles, though, if it's Benjamin Bridge. So I'm guessing Ontario as well. Um, I can't remember everywhere that Peter's made wine, though. Uh, well, so, okay, let's, let's say Bench, Bench or Niagara on the Lake, though. Um, uh, well, he's at least helped in, in both. 
right? He's basically Peter's. Yeah, I'm asking you to pick Ben <laughs> oh, or Niagara uh, on the Lake, Michael. Oh, I thought you were saying where is Peter made wine? Um, I'm still just gonna go Niagara. I'm not gonna ban Sherpa. I, I don't, don't think, think it's O two. I think it's was O five hot year. O five was a hot year. I think it's O five. All right, I'm gonna go with O seven. I think it's gonna be some sort of cab blend. Yeah, you also think hot year? Cab blend. Got it. So here we go. Let's find right. out what this mishmash is. I'm actually enjoying it. Uh, so it's a. I'll, I'll give you the blend, and I'll give you the year. 2007 South Bay Vineyards Merlot Cabernet from Huff. You got the year. I got the varieties. Michael's the chump. Yeah, I went Pinot, but well, he also actually he said blend. I also said blend. You said it could be a Merlot, it could be a Cab, it could be a... No. I don't think he said blend. Ken? I kind of wrote his coattails. I was picking the vibe. He may not have said it he said eloquently. Cab he said Cab Franc. But... All right, you got to be better off with picking a varietal. You can't just No, go... he, said, he said Cab Franc, and then I said it felt like there was Merlot in it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We have to roll the tape back on that sucker. It's not my fault you weren't paying attention. So, so Peter was making the wines at... Uh... No, I didn't necessarily say that Peter Gamble had anything to do with them. I just picked out the wines that, you know, I thought Peter would find interesting. Okay, so you did not like this wine. Did not. Did you like this, Ken? I did not. So there's something wrong with me then. Correct. And there has been for a long time. I do feel there were things holding on. I could see that that wine had a time. I just don't believe that time is now. No, I think the time was probably 10 years ago. Like when the tannins started to soften. But it's super cool to see like a Cab Merlot from BQA PEC. I'm still still holding on to this. Like, um, well, it's it's. I want I want to I want to taste this in a proper Bordeaux glass, and it's also very cold right now too. It is chilly. I will give you that. Um, this one, I could not save it. So. Oh, okay, the strainer. No, no. Uh, if you just give me a glass the way it is, I was able to flip the cork so that it should not leave too much sediments. There you go. All right, wine number two. And I think I'm just gonna. I got. I think I got the sediment. So uh, I will. It's more muted than the first one. Like the the nose is super closed off in my glass. Mm-hmm. But it's almost like. Um, now this one almost smells corked. It's got like a tar smell to it, like mm-hmm. like not not I don't know. I like the smell of like construction, but like from a distance, you know, I don't like being right next to the the hopper of tar when they're like tarring a roof. But this smells like this smells like a roof that's been recently done, and like dried cherries under it. Lots of dried cherry. Actually, that that one doesn't taste terrible. I think your mouth is broken. No, this one's. This tastes much better than the first one. Yeah, this one doesn't, because the, the nose on the first for the Huff is actually still intriguing. This one is much more muted. I, I, I think can kind of get the tar, like almost yeah. Barney. I don't get the, I don't get the, the nose on this one is not as nice as the Huff. Mm-hmm. But I think the palate is, is showing quite well. I think there's something wrong with my mouth, because I still, I like the first one better than this one. This is like, it's so muted, it's, um, but it's dark, like it's, the fruits are brooding on it. It's dark, it's brooding, I think that, that kind of a cherry cough syrup going on here, 
It's. I would drink it before I would drink the first one. Tannin is soft and round and very smooth on it. Yeah, there's something really there's something nice about this one that's kind of surprising. There's like a eucalyptus note slightly mm. on the finish as well, which is unusual. <clears throat> I'm gonna say. Ah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go over like right. I'm gonna say it's Argentinian Malbec. Okay. From. I don't know. Fifteen years ago. Uh, What's twenty-two minus fifteen? Two thousand seven. I'm 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 gonna go it's a I'm gonna go back to two thousand and two. I'm gonna go old. I'm gonna go Spain. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Spanish Grenache. Two thousand two. I'm going right on LM. All right. But we're all agreeing it's warm. Like warm climate, it's got a warm feel. Like actually, Ken, we haven't asked you. What do you got? What do you got? Thoughts? You no, know, I'll give you warm climate, but it is out of my palate depths. Trying to figure out where this is going to be. Uh, I th- mm. hmm? got to give us something. That's oh no, I'm going to give you something. I was, it'll take a, a Michael. It, from, it'll it'll take him a while, but here, grab the next bottle. I'll start opening it while we're getting the final guess. Yeah, no, I'll go with. I'll at least give you. Since you've got, since Andre will unwrap because he's probably got eyes, and I didn't bring my glasses to the table, so having another senior moment. I just have a lot of senior moments. All right, I'll go with the chili. I'll bite. The chili? Yeah. Biting on the chili. We've got Spain. Oh, it's a Mm. two thousand crianza. Two thousand. Wow. That you spent. A whole twelve dollars on. I did. This label is actually really nice for an economical bottle of wine. You bought this in two thousand six. Sixty-five percent Tempranillo, twenty-five Cab Sauv, ten percent Merlot. Okay, totally off. So that's why it's like nice and soft on it too. Mm-hmm. Cool. Good for you, Michael. But I'd also say hats off to all three of us for not guessing Ontario, knowing that you picked these wines for Peter Gamble. Why well, did you pick that? What was your thought process picking that for Peter? That was the last bottle that I, I picked. It was just kind of a, a oh. oh my god, Michael. It was kind of a Hail Mary. Jesus. Okay, now, now I'm getting in the strainer. Strainer territory. Yeah. Alright. So Ken, do you want to paint a picture of what just happened for the last Yeah, Michael's not wearing the wine yet, but the cork is It's definitely uh now a hair shirt. So wow, that's Well, I'm gonna say this one's old. <laughs> but thus far, I think we're batting better averages on drinkability than most stump the chumps. But at this point, yes, because uh, yeah, that's not. <laughs> Hand me the strainer. Let me see what I can get out of this one. Oh, okay, that's. Oh, there we go. I like your little strainer, Andre. Everybody can hear it dribbling out of the glass. It's like an old. We've man. used that before. It's like an old. It's like an old man taking a pee. Yeah, if uh, just dribbling at the old uh, at night. If your circumstance is similar to this bottle's port, it's time to go to the doctor. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, so here we go. Okay, so far we've had nothing as bad as the infamous Kentucky wine. No, I don't think we're going to have anything as bad as the infamous Kentucky wine. I you you wanted to make sure that Peter I, would come back if we did this. Well, you know what, I. In hindsight, well, we'll get to that later when we're off mic. Yeah. Um, this also doesn't smell terrible. It doesn't smell great. 
Uh, oh, this tastes sour. This tastes yeah. like some of the like this almost tastes like a passamento pinot noir. Oh, that is not. But I'm not gonna guess the passamento pinot noir. Yeah, I don't. I'm drawing a blank on this. Ken, you're up first. All right. <laughs> it's still holding on to the tannins though for that sour, there's, right? There's something. Is that what's coating my mouth, or is that something there's else? Something not quite. It almost feels like there's a hit of, of our RS in that, but it's also, I don't know if this is warm climate. It's not as old as the other two. There's kind of like a, 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 a port-like note without the nice without the nice sweetness. That's a perfect way to describe it. Like I know I said, it's, it's sort of sour and a little bit sweet, so it's really ripe, but like not quite there. And uh, oh, I'm going to guess it's... not good no but here's the thing is like i'm drawing i'm drawing a complete blank on what this could be I, michael i want you to go first this is red wine that's this is like old red wine like something that your grandfather would pull out of the cellar and go you gotta try this it was great about a hundred years ago right and you'd be like well thanks grandpa for giving me this crud um so i am going to go based just on the bottle which is pretty tall. Um, I'm going to go on old, something old in Argentina. Uh, because, you know, for Peter Gamble, let's go with that. Uh, the Spain one is... I don't... Uh, you picked these wines. I'm wondering if he's just, like, trying to make himself look good here. No, no. I'm, I'm going to go with um, my old Argentina, maybe 2005 Malbec. I'm going to go with a... Welch's prison blends, <laughs> toilet blends made toilet um, made at the Don Jail before it closed. Um, can't quite guess the vintner, but I'm guessing someone who committed some sort of petty crime. And um, I think his sentence was six to twelve months. Well, okay, that's so that's my casing note on I this. see uh, Ken's written something down. Uh, he's close to you here, but he's. Uh, he thinks it's from Shawshank. Okay, uh, okay, we're going fictional now. Um, okay, if I'm being if I'm being serious, uh, I'm gonna guess Southern Hemisphere, but I have no idea where. And this this almost tastes like fake ripe Syrah. Mm. Was, I'm gonna go Syrah. On yeah, this. It's got was, a Syrah feel to it. Some odd fig notes yeah. in this as well. I'll follow that. I was gonna go with Australia. Australia? Do you want Syrah? Shiraz. Yeah. There's Shiraz. Okay. Okay, so it's Patagonian Malbec. So mm. Michael is definitely cheating to just make himself. I swear to God, I didn't know that. I just, uh -huh. I just went with the uh, what I probably would have gone with Peter. That's really, the, that's really the, too bad. What's the year on it though? In two thousand three. Oh, see, so I had two. I mean, that's really that. I mean, that is really too bad because, um, yeah, Patagonian. I think that's the first time I've had a, a Malbec from Patagonia. Usually. <laughs> Usually, Argentine Argentinian wines that are widely available are Mendoza. Correct. So, yeah, that's probably why I picked that for for Peter was something odd for Argentina. I swear to God, I don't I don't remember these. Oh, it's starting to pull out. Uh, okay, we may need the strainer again. That's why it's on the table, Michael. I like take cork out. Of the oh my God, he's literally like picking it in this wine bottle, like I've seen him pick his nose. I dig a little deeper in the nose. 
Is that why your brain's so messed up? I'm just, I want to hit bang, brain stem. Yeah. That's what I'm looking for. Okay. All right, this is... Okay, I'm going to move the mic for a minute here. And you're not even an old wine fan. No, oh, yeah. I'm not an old wine fan. Andre hates old wine. Which is unfortunate, because there's some really great old wine out there. No, but I mean, it's, it's the reminder that, t- that uh, tastes are subjective, right? And like I, lo- I do love seeing, and I love being surprised when I see how wines evolve. Um, this past weekend, I was lucky enough to taste through a few 2017 Batchelder uh, single vineyard. I had the 2017 Saunders vineyard and the 2017 Wilms vineyard. And the wines are showing their age, but like definitely, definitely something that makes me happy that I have some Batchelder aging in the cellar. And I feel a little bit redeemed from... The other Chardonnay that I poured for our friend Christine this summer. <laughs> that episode. Well, that. I, I have no idea how you think I'm cheating, by the way. I was so off on that first one. I wasn't even close. Okay, you know that that's how hustling works. You pretend you're bad. You get people to place their bets. And then it's just like, oops, I forgot I'm really good at this. Well, and thank Ken for putting $20 on the table. Mm-hmm. This is not good. This is terrible. Yeah. This is <laughs> absolutely rancid. There is no... There is no See, redeeming- this is the one where I have no idea if it's corked or not because of all the other irredeemable qualities. No, the alcohol... That is this... Yeah. The alcohol stings the nostrils. No. I, it does have a bit of wet cardboard smell, but it also has, like, can't a molasses smell. And Henry lets himself be known as well as the doorbell. <laughs> There is no redeeming quality for this wine. No, none. Oh God, that's. No, or any identifiable. Yeah, there's nothing that that tells me it's even made from grape. No. It, I think it has actually made from cardboard and strained with cardboard. This so is what happens when you let cardboard get wet and recycled. Yeah, they make is, wine out of it. To this is you. dandelion wine through cardboard. Mm. Yeah, I think that's what this is. So Andre's taking his time. We have no idea what is could be being arrested outside and probably quite likely for that tracksuit actually i think yeah you can be a multiple violations uh, of taste and uh oh you're back so we can stop talking about you and thinking you're being arrested it was just one of my nice neighbors asking me if the cat free i put out was for free oh we thought it was a nuisance by law officer uh, requesting you to turn over that shirt (laughs) <laughs> okay i guess maybe i don't need to cut up this part of the podcast and i have no idea what you guys said when i was gone okay where were we about how bad this wine is? well uh, i think we've come to the conclusion that it's dandelion wine filtered through cardboard because there is nothing uh i'm gonna let ken unwrap that okay one. so it's bad old and corked yeah yes i could be corked as well yes it's definitely corked yes yeah, there's something bad it's Cork not. is the redeeming flavor. Yeah. So there's no way I can guess. I don't think there's any way we can. Any of us can guess what this is. Oh, that's a nice looking bottle. Cab Malbec, oak barrel aged, two thousands. Should we try to take that back to the LCBO and see if they'll give us your money back? I don't think Trevento comes through the LCBO anymore. Argentina. I love that they had to specify oak barrel aged on it. Maybe it was the tinfoil aging. That's just what capped it off. <laughs> this is not good. All right. Oh. All right. So, is this the giveaway bottle? For those that can't see, we do have 
this is a small bottle. A small a bottle on the table. Almost, I almost have this thing out. Small on. bottle, still big problems. No, I, I did get it. I did get it. Well then, hey, is this our last one? Do we have no, five or one six? more. Uh, this is a white. This is a Kinda. white. But I have it marked as number five, so. Okay. Okay, so this looks like what you would. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was really bad. This looks like what you would expect fortified wine to come in. So it's a little. Do you know what? I might know what this is just by the shape of the bottle and knowing what I have in my cellar. So I'm, I'm, I may step out for a. Yeah, it also doesn't smell great. Yeah, for those that can't see, not quite as narrow as you'd expect for a ice wine. Could be late harvest, sauterne. It is. Uh, yeah, it could be a, a, a suck. No. The, the nose is like... Uh, I mean, acids are off. This just like... It's not terrible, especially compared to the last one. It's got a little bit of sweetness to it. The cork was like a generic... It looks like one of those corks you made in the homemade wine thing. Maybe this was mm. my homemade wine. You made homemade wine? Many, 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 many years ago with Vinbon. Do you know what? So I have a... Sorry, can you say that again? Vinbon. That's what they called themselves. Vinbon? Vinbon. That's what they called themselves. Oh, you got to be kidding me. No, but my favorite part of that is... And here's how I no know... No wonder your French accent sucks. Here's how I know this. is because, as you know, maybe some of the listeners know, I owned a recording studio that did on-hold messaging. For a while, we did on-hold messaging for Vinbon. That's what they wanted to be called. And then they also sent us... Uh, some uh, of their their ads that were going to be played on radio so that we could know what their um, their theme was going to be. Okay. And I swear to God, they let this go where the guy said you could make Merlot. They let it go. They let that play on the air. I was horrified. All right. So there is a fault in the line. Vinbon, you could make Merlot. Okay. Good work, Vinbon. So now focusing on, on what we've got in our glasses right now, there's a clear fault in the wine. It's very high in volatile acidity. Mm-hmm. If any of us were wearing nail polish right now, I'm certain that we could take it off with this wine. I'll take my socks off right now. Oh, yeah, that's right. you got painted toes. We do. So. And you're making oh. fun of me for my loud jacket. I don't pull my toes out. <laughs> All right. Well, I haven't led one, so. I'll get it started. I'm gonna. I let the my eyes do the tasting for me, trying to figure this one out. So I'm still gonna stick with that. Maybe Sauterne with VA. I don't know. It's, I definitely I don't, like don't feel this as a Niagara. It, but it's a drinking with our eyes, though. The fact that that cork is in it, I don't see. Mm. I don't see the LCBO bringing something in that has that like homemade, made in a, made in a French barn by some guy named Pierre and take my word for it showing up at the, at the shipping yard. So you're going to go with a Sauterne of some sort? Right, of some sort and I'll go. Okay. Homemade Sauterne. Andre? I'm... The alcohol's not screaming high on this so I don't think it's it's fortified. I'm going to say that this is a late harvest Riesling from somewhere. So if I... Now... Or... or a, no, late harvest Riesling. I, I'm going to stick with late harvest Riesling. I could be 100% wrong on this but I, I think... I think, uh, based on the bottle and what I have in my cellar and what I probably would have pulled out for Peter Gamble, I think this is a 2002 Segrebe from Peely Island, which is a late harvest wine. 
Oh, hmm. that's what I think this is. Why would you pick that for Peter? Like, I don't understand this tasting. It's a light harvest of Shurabay. Shurabay. Is it, it, and it's it's not VQA. Oh, it is VQA. Mm. It's VQA Peely Island, which is an mm. appellation that no longer exists. Yeah, and what's the, uh, what's the year? 02. 2002. And you spent $9 on this. Correct. These were delicious at the time. Like, absolutely delicious, like a, a late harvest. They, the acidity, obviously, as you can tell, was almost non-existent. But the rest of it was, like, it was a great little uh, uh, well, in, in sweet wine. In spite of the VA on the nose, it's not terrible on the palate. Like, and I'm not, like, walking something back. Like, it tastes better than it smells, but it is not... It is not the best made late harvest no, sweet but, wine that we've had in the province. But why would I have picked it? Because it's Shirabe, and I am sure being oh, you Peter think, Gamble, you who think would he would have blind tasted it? Who would have been, uh, you know, in the at the dawn of Ontario wine uh, in his day? Right on. Time for you to bring on the Chardonnay. That uh, that you would um, that he might have guessed or had gone. Wow, I haven't had a Shirabe in years, which would have been interesting. I know what this wine is. Actually, I'm guessing what this wine is. Okay. Actually, now I'm not 100% sure I know what this wine is. Because <laughs> now we're looking late harvest ice wine in the face Woo! of that bottle. But we have yeah, this is, mo- molasses colored. That's like got like Baco characteristics to it. It does not, but it's very raisiny. It's like if Ooh. somebody made Baco ice wine. I mm. don't think it's Baco. Uh, I don't think it has Baco characteristics. It's or, very clean. It doesn't have that like sauvage. It doesn't have the, oh, you know what? the rusticness to this. I know yeah. what this is. This tastes... You know what? I've always said that Marichal Foch tastes like feet. This is not Marichal Foch. I think it's just got some feet characteristic to it. There's no feet characteristic to it. I'll fight you on that. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's just old feet. Old rancid feet that's been dipped in in port and I think this is Dornfelder Dornfelder interesting I'm just guessing from memory I think this is the Firox Dornfelder ice wine okay that's what you're going to go with and what year 2017 you think that's a 2017 wow I'm I've had some odd cab Late harvest or ice wine abominations, so I'm going to go cab sove. Uh, old and, though, old old. I'm going to give you a chance to walk that back though. It's just like look at how thick and like fleshy that is. Like, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have you walk that back too. Look how brown that is. You think that's that's Dornfelder? Yes. And young? Yes. Yeah, I'm going to go back I'm going to, to Baco or Foch in the ice wine category. I don't think you can make. I'm going to like 2000. And, well, I didn't say it was 99. ice wine. I'm just saying it's in the ice wine category, meaning it's a, a dessert wine. All right. Well, iced, iced, iced you know foch. Screw me sideways. Uh, this is an iced foch from D'Angelo Vineyards. Uh, Salvatore D'Angelo. Is that who we? Not who yeah, we interviewed. Yeah, that's who we interviewed. That's. Uh, um, you know what? This is honestly, if this is what these hybrids taste like when they're frozen, um, I'm on board with this. I'm not getting any any of those notes that you said about this wine. Um, now, now I'll say this: 
I know that he doesn't make it in a nice wine style. I think it goes into a freezer and then that's how he does it. Or he did it. Is there, is there a year on that, uh, Kim? 06. And it is not an ice wine. It is an iced. Iced Foch. Yeah. Iced Foch. So it basically, he basically throws it in the freezer, I think. Is that how he used to make it? And then he thawed it, and then he'd freeze it again uh, just to try and concentrate emulate, some of those juices. Yeah, emulate that, uh, that condition out there. Well, um, like being honest, like this is um, this is one of the nicest ways I've tasted Marichal Foch. I, I am not opposed to this, and I think... I'm guessing the price is probably right. Yeah, you spent 15 bucks on this. Yeah. yeah, I remember buying a bunch of that because I was really impressed by the whole thing. He did a bunch of different things with folks. I think this still has some longevity too. Like if you wanted to age this longer, um, just for the record, before you go on and say that I think that this is the greatest thing ever, this is not the greatest iced or iced wine no, or I, sweet. Well, it's, it's just it's it's delightful. It's, it's still it's still got life to it. As much as I made fun of the feet characteristic, but that's usually what I get from from Foch anyway. Sorry, Malabar. But uh, I just get that kind of crazy, f- dirty feet characteristic of Foch, and that's kind of what I got on the on the palate on this one. That's why I guess I thought Baco originally because of the, the there was kind of a richness to it, but then when it got into that dirty feet kind of area, I was like, okay, stop talking about dirty feet. There's no dirty feet in this. Your mouth is broken. We established that earlier in the podcast. My mouth is broken. Yeah. My God, man, you admitted it three times, and my mouth is broken. Yeah, exactly. Taste my feet, Andre. <laughs> and with that, Ken, thank you very much for joining us for this. Um, I don't even know what the hell to call it, but thank the you. Thank, thank you for sitting through it and actually uh, tasting. Thank you for your support uh, for the uh, all these years now. And yeah, who knows if you're thinking about giving someone a gift for Christmas, why not give Michael and I a gift of your support so we can keep this podcast on the air? And Ken, we, do you have anything that you're working on that you think our listeners might be interested in uh, hearing about? Yeah, if people can check out, I've actually been doing other things in Niagara. So if you are in Niagara and look for something to do as a bit of a side tour, uh, there's the Sound Healing Instrument Shop where they have a bunch of gongs, crystal singing bowls, all kinds of interesting things. And I've been connected through them as I do work with the Cancer Retreat uh, Center, the Abbey Retreat Center, uh, doing sound meditations and other offerings on kind of facilitating mental health and wellness for folks that may have had a a diagnosis or you know dealing with other other difficulties and trying to find a, a bridge to meditation and mental health is there a website or a social media account people can find more information at? people can find me at resonant transitions and we'll have the link in the podcast notes uh, but also have links there for the abbey retreat center who's okay. a wonderful group that i definitely look people to support in the future i think that's a little zing andre remember to put that in the podcast notes well i always write some podcast notes i just didn't realize that people read them so there's your call to action go read the podcast notes perfect andre I don't, wanna... have you ever read the podcast notes no i don't read any. that's amazing because they usually have something passive aggressive about michael written in them no all right well i should go read the podcast notes i guess andre Pru at and uh, social media at andre wine review I'm Michael Pincus of MichaelPincusWineReview.com. Uh, the Grape Guy, Michael Pincus, Michael Pincus Wine Review. Hey, I, I broadened my horizons. Yeah, good night. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to Two Guys Talking Wine on iTunes. Two Guys Talking Wine is produced by Jim Ray, Adam Duran, and Ken Little.